Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Locked On Guardians podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today and every day, free and available on all podcasting platforms, apps, services, uh, tin cans, wherever you listen to podcasts, you will find Locked On Guardians. So it should be no surprise, we're going to spend a significant amount of today's show on the Rule 5 draft. I mean, I've been focused on this 40-man crunch since, like, two weeks after the Rule 5 a year ago, when I was like, it's going to get bad. Uh, you know, last year's, we the Indians had two players selected, and they took uh, one selection themselves. Trevor Stepien has looked like potentially the greatest Rule 5 selection in Indians history. That's how bad the Indians have been at the Rule 5. You can go to last year, uh, December, and find the one where I, I profile every player they have selected, and uh, it's it's awful. And for a team that has lost a lot of really good talent in the Rule 5 draft, it's it's interesting in that regard uh, that they keep losing, but they've never really found anyone of note or anyone even decent uh, over the course of selecting players. Uh, now, both of the guys taken from the Indians, Kaya Tom and Luis Oviedo, didn't really do anything. I thought Tom might. I mean, I, he was the player I was worried about. He just always produced, and then it was it was a rough year for him. There's no nice way to put it. And, you know, pretty much since that moment, I've been talking about, and uh, it's now the hot thing to talk about, but I doubt anyone has spent more words on the Indians 40-man crunch than myself or maybe the guys over at uh, Indians Baseball Insider. Uh, It's definitely, those are the spaces that have had the most. So we're going to get into that, but before we get into that crunch, let's talk about the MVP voting. So Jose Ramirez is fifth. Right, that's that was the final of it all. I guess I should probably go and just double check that. The you know I didn't really care like exactly where he landed in the MVP. I knew he wasn't gonna win, but I'm sorry, he finished sixth. So he he finished just outside the top five. Uh, the ridiculousness of this is that two people did not put him on their ballots. How he does not get a top seven vote from someone is criminal. I mean, that to me is the the bigger question. It's like, how does someone view him as not being one of the top seven American League batters this past year? That's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it, it is, it, it just proves that people don't know. There's a lot of really bad reporters out there. <laughs> that's what it proves. There are just a lot of people, and that's not, that shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, I think we see every year uh, how many reporters actually don't get the game anymore. Or don't even try to get the game. I think we've we've seen through the years the number of beat reporters who are stuck in like 1989 and feel like that is fine. Baseball, as I've always said, is an ever-evolving game. I don't feel like I am even up to date. And I feel like there are a lot of people who look at my knowledge and say, oh, that's enough. No, it's not. I need to learn and grow uh, significantly more. But there are people who aren't even trying, who write about the game. So 133 points for Jose Ramirez. Otani, I I mean, how do you compete with him? On top of just the year he had as a hitter, then you add in pitching. Uh, There's some really bad takes out there on him. But he gets unanimous, as it should be. Vladimir Guerrero gets all but one second-place vote. I guarantee the guy who voted uh, Salvador Perez as the second in the American League uh, is probably the same dude who did not vote for Jose Ramirez. Uh, I feel like I could just see that guy being like, well, I want Salvador Perez to at least finish in the top five. Like, how can I game my ballot? Uh, so, I, you know, I, I would love to see the release of the information. Uh, Marcus Simeon third felt a little aggressive to me. Uh, yeah, I think, 
I know he had 41 home runs, but like, what's what's the overall valuation? Aaron Judge, Carlos Correa, then Jose Ramirez. Ramirez got four fourths, eight fifths, three sixths, six sevenths, four eighths, and three ninths. So you know, I I think I said seven. That that means that there were I'm sorry, two writers who they didn't think that he was amongst the seven best. They didn't think he's among the ten best. Uh, baseball players in American League. That's ridiculous. Those guys, just based on that, uh, should not have ballots anymore. That's just, it's malpractice. It is not knowing the game. It is all sorts of ridiculousness. Same time, I mean, I thought Correa had a great year. He didn't make all of the ballots. I think he was short, maybe one or two. I feel like some of that was some uh, people being mad about cheating. I understand, like, after those top four, I don't believe anyone made all 30 ballots. Uh, So... Sixth place finish. You know, it kind of ruins that stretch where he was outside of the one year where he, he had the big fade in it. Uh, or no, was it, it was a rough start. Then he came back, and then he broke his handmade bone. That was the rough year. He had had the late fade the year before into the postseason, continued into the next year, and then eventually got together. But after that, you know, it was the top three, top three. It'd be nice if we could at least say it was still top five. I know there's going to be someone out there being like, see, he's sixth. He's already fading. He's already... Uh, this decreases his value. And the person saying that is a fan for another team that is hoping to uh, put together a bunch of trades for Jose Ramirez uh, right now. Like, well, he's no longer a top five candidate. <laughs> You're a top, yeah, MVP uh, finisher. So I can already see those uh, tweets coming my way, and I'm not looking forward to them. Anything, um, I thought Mike Zunino, like he had a good year, but really 10th place vote. <laughs> that was a bit surprising. Uh, that was really the only one. Uh, Bo Bichette had a good year, but to see like four people vote for him, it felt a bit high. Uh, on the other side of things, Lamont Wade Jr. I mean, it, good on the Giants for getting him, but him getting a vote. Uh, good on the bad on the Twins. Good for the Indians that they got rid of him. Buster Posey getting a vote that just totally felt like he retired. I owe him a vote. Um, Joey Votto. I mean, I didn't really think. I, I guess I have to really dig into his numbers. I didn't think he was quite worth the votes. Uh, Willie Adames, I think that's just great from that he got five votes uh, again because that's just that was an interesting trade that happened and uh, you know I, I thought that uh, you know it was a smart trade for both sides and worked out really well and he got MVP votes after that trade with all of his struggles. Uh, Austin Riley, I was totally wrong on. Good on him. He had a very strong year. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, who I've loved for years, had got some votes and Mac Mun- Max Muncie. I've talked about there's there's some logic to him being a trade target for the Indians. Uh, he he was between Freddie Freeman and Brian Reynolds, so just uh, just another name to throw into the mix. Uh, yeah, my big takeaway. I mean, Jose should not have won this. He should have won the Silver Slugger. He did not, but it it was close. I could deal with that. Two people who did not vote for him for MVP uh, should have their votes stripped. That that is my hot take. Let me know what you think. In a moment, we're going to sit back and discuss the Rule 5 yet again. One more time, which is not true. We're going to talk about it many more times, I'm sure. But one more time before we know who's officially protected. Listen, I've been telling you, you got to make sure you're following along at BuiltBar.com because you never know what is coming. Vanilla Cream is new, and it has just arrived uh, on the site. If you are someone... I mean, it's hard to not do vanilla well, let's be honest. But on top of the return of or the... I'm sorry, on top of vanilla cream debuting for them, coconut, almond, and peanut butter brownie balls are back, which are gluten, grain, and dairy-free. 
when the regular bars are gluten and nut free, the vanilla ones, you always gotta look. Some do have nuts, not all of them are nut free. But you still have the coconut brownie chunk, one of the best flavors in existence. Paranormal pumpkin, I think is great. I have not tried strawberry puff or marshmallow puff, but puffs are always good. Blueberry muffin, I'm not the biggest fan in general of that type. I still ate every single one they sent me. It's not like it's bad. And the mystery box, where if you get it correctly, you can win prizes and it's on sale because you're ordering something and you don't know what it is. Go to BuiltBar.com today. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That is what I use when I order. It is a fantastic product. It is a product I spend my own money on. Yes, I occasionally get swag, but I also spend money. That is how good they are. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15. You'll love what you get. I want to thank you again for making Lockdown Indians. You go first listen today and every day. Uh, let's do some cross-promotion and... Go check out Lockdown Pirates. Ethan's got a lot of energy. Uh, that, that kid is is relentless in a good way. Uh, so go check out Lockdown Pirates with Ethan. Uh, so let's talk about the the situation here with the Rule 5. So it's kind of annoying. Yes, it's annoying that nothing has happened. I got home. Uh, I was supposed to have a meeting after school today. Canceled it. I go pick up my daughter from daycare. I'm not checking my phone or anything while I'm driving through Milwaukee. Get home, I kind of rush in, drop everything off, and I check my phone. Like, something's got to happen. Nothing. So, do dinner, do bedtime. You read four and a half Berenstein Bear books, because that's where we are right now, uh, in terms of what we want to read. And uh, get her settled away, rock the little one for a bit, check my phone. Nothing. Uh, it's just been, like, really... Uh, I mean, a lot of teams have not finalized. It's the Braves, I think, are the only team... Uh, relatively recently that uh, that announced some moves in terms of like what players they've added to their roster. I know there have been others, but I think the Braves are the only ones who uh, four players they added to their uh, their 40-man. But I, I thought the Indians would have done something by now. I was hoping we'd see some kind of consolidation or something like the Rays. It is a hard market to do it. Let's just be honest. There are a lot of teams who are feeling the crunch right now. Uh, there are a lot of teams that... Uh, you know, are unsure about what's going to happen at the CBA. And then, you know, we talk about this idea of, like, uh, Ian Happ in a Cubs trade, but if you're the Cubs, why do you want to give up something? Now, if you give up something, there's two advantages. Let's let's put that in, on front street. You can add a player to your 40-man. They don't have to be added to your 25. That is a lot easier to do. And two, you're guaranteed that player. If you're the Cubs, you're not guaranteed that Jose Tenio will be there when you pick. You're not guaranteed that you can buy the selection that allows you to select him. That is not guaranteed. None of that is a guarantee. If you make that trade, you don't have to add them to the 25, and you're guaranteed the players you want. But if you're a lower market team, it's also not typically all that pricey to buy those picks. Uh, there's a lot of interesting names. You might feel comfortable getting you know, a handful of certain players uh, through the course of all of this. So I think you know, that's part of what's working against the Indians. Now... Should we just get into it? There is so much out there on the Rule 5. Uh, I think it's really interesting more to read as much as you can to see where the consensus is. I did want to point out, I thought it was interesting. So Mandy Bell, I think, normally does fantastic, fantastic work. I did not love her Rule 5 piece just because she was stuck using the MLB pipeline rankings, which are not great right now. You know, when you're discussing, like, who's got to be protected and who isn't, uh, when... Aaron Bracho keeps being brought up by MLB through like three or four different sites on the Rule 5. It's like, he is 
he isn't even under consideration at this point in time. Like, let's be honest. He, he's not the 15th best prospect in the Indian system. He's not a top 20 prospect in the Indian system right now after the year he had. So she's handicapped right now. This isn't her fault. But what I thought was interesting is, you know, she mentions, like, arms that could be removed. Kyle Nelson, Alex Young. I think those are ones we all agree seem very likely. But she mentions Carlos Vargas. Now, that is not one that I'd seen anywhere else. She does have good connections. She is a good writer. Like I said, this piece is just... she's. She's got to use the prospect list for the website she writes for. That is logical. Having said that, you know, I I think it is very interesting that she mentioned that Vargas could come off. Because if you're the Indians, maybe you think you can pass him through waivers. Maybe you think that he didn't pitch last year. Uh, he's, like, he's got good stuff, but performance has never been there. He hasn't pitched at the higher levels. Do they think they could slide him through? Maybe. Uh, I also thought it was, in, and one of my other issues, honestly, is like when I look at the MLB group, again, Callis and Mayo are fantastic. They are like pillars for me. I'm not crapping on them. They have literally an impossible job. Uh, I mean, maybe not literally. But now literally can mean both uh, the true and untrue version, so you can use literally with anything now. But uh, it's an impossible job. I have done that job. I have done a prospect rank. I've sat there and tried to do a top 10 list for every team. Uh, and it's it's a thankless job, and it is impossible. Having said that, I don't know how some of these lists come together with, you know, Joey Cantillo not even in the top 30 prospects. I know he missed time, but how does he fall off that much when he looked good in his return? Uh, there's a lot of guys who I understand why they're not. Like Adam Scott is not a top 30 guy. He's a fringe guy. He's either going to be a quad A guy or he's going to be a decent up and down type like it's not as high of a ceiling as some of the other guys uh looking overall it is interesting that she seems to based on this list uh you know who's left on i'm like i can't tell if she thinks that someone like steve kwan's going to be protected or not i don't think he is in the end i've seen okay so and here's something else she doesn't do this um in her piece but anyone who's out there talking about Oscar Gonzalez being protected or under consideration, just you can stop reading that one. The fact they signed him to a minor league extension right away tells you he's not being added. He is not. They did that. He understands that he'll have an opportunity and that if something goes awry, you know, he can fight out of spring and they're not going to mess with like service time. They're going to call him up if they feel like they need an outfielder and he is the best option come like June, July, May, that early part of the year. But anyone who's discussing his 31 home runs and talking about how Oscar Gonzalez is a uh, big potential to be added, just move on. That's going to eliminate, honestly, like 70% of the articles I saw out there on the Rule 5. It's, it's, there's a lot of it, and it's really poorly reported. It's, it is just people looking at home runs, RBIs, and batting average, and not, not getting into the weeds, not reading reports, not doing anything beyond that. So, uh, again, Mandy has some great information. She's handicapped by the list she has to use. Looking at this Indians team, I counted 36 players currently under protection. Or I'm going to keep saying Indians for a while. Guardians. So, I mean, the easy ones and the slam dunks, I think we all know, are Freeman, Rocchio, Valera. And then I think, honestly, Levastida. I think he is the fourth guy up. What he did this past year. People, and that's another thing. You go through, anyone dinging his defense isn't reading the reports. Like, he... he he had the best frame rate in the minors for the Indians this past year. There's, Yeah, is it a work in progress to a degree? Yes, but so is every catcher. 
Uh, for instance, I mean, his defense is ahead of Naylor's. Like, that's that's not even up for debate to me. His defense is further along. So I think Levastida is is a can't-miss ad at this point in time. So I think those four right now fill the four open spots. Uh, the question is, what comes next? So let's just go through the 40-man and talk about everyone who's on there and if they're going to be there or not. First guy is Logan Allen. Uh, I think he is a trade candidate. I don't know if he's necessarily a release candidate. His spot is not safe, though. Shane Bieber moving on. Aaron Savali, Emmanuel Classe moving on. Justin Garza, 27-year-old rookie. He is—he wasn't great. The peripherals weren't great. Uh, he was not someone they necessarily relied on. I, I think he's got a better chance of sticking around than, say, Logan Allen, but I, I think he could be potentially gone. So let's just say... Allen and Garza are guys that uh, you can easily replace. Anthony Ghost, I think, is protected. I've changed my mind there. Henches, I think, slides through just because he's a lefty, even though he's out of options. Uh, I think he scoots Karen Chalk, you know, with his issues, he's safe. McKenzie is likely safe. JC Mejia, I think they think they can get an option back on him. So I think that holds Eli Morgan should be fine. Scott Moss is interesting. I don't think Moss is guaranteed. Let's put it that way. He was hurt this year, didn't uh, didn't light the world on fire when he came back. Uh, Nelson is also a potential chopping block. Plesak, Quantrell, Sandlin, Trevor Steffen, uh, all safe. Young and Vargas. Like I said, I, I think that's very interesting reporting from Mandy that she mentioned Vargas, but not like Hankins, who also had to be added back on. Or no, Hankins isn't eligible yet. That's what it is. Uh, but still, to mention him, I know he was hurt, but the numbers aren't... The, he is a stuff-over-performer guy so far. And uh, they have not... They've protected some of these guys in the past, like J.C. Mejia. And yes, there was Danny Salazar back in the day. But outside of him, not a lot of success. Hedge is a safe. Arias is safe. Bobby Bradley is safe. Yu Chen Chang, I believe, is safe. Ernie Clement, I believe, is safe. Jimenez, Jones, Owen Miller, Jose Ramirez, Ahmed Rosario, all safe. I mean, Chang's the one you debate in this group, and if they could flip him, they might. Uh, I think everyone else goes through because you need depth, you need bodies, and Clement has options. The reason Chang is not safe is he has no options left. Outfield, Daniel Johnson still has options. Mercado, Zimmer, and uh, Ramirez do not. The thing is, Zimmer has trade value, as does Mercado, because they can play center. Harold Ramirez, so I don't think they get cut. Harold Ramirez, though, I mean, he can't even play left field well, uh, so he might end up on the block. Straw, Franmill, uh, Naylor are all safe for another year, but this leaves us with essentially Allen, Garza, Moss, Nelson, Young. I really don't think Vargas goes, but it is interesting that he was named. Chang and Harold Ramirez. So that gives us what, seven potential players that could be cut. They need to... The other, like, camp guys that they're going to have to protect, uh, for sure, that I think are, are pretty much locked in at this point in time, uh, Richie Palacios, who we have mentioned before, uh, and what he has done out in the Cape, and then Cody Morris, where, again, I don't know why MLB is not as high on him, uh, but I mean, he was phenomenal across multiple levels. Uh, there's a Cubs writer who's writing about guys the Indians might trade. And he talked about, you know, a deal, you know, the three guys that he think could, could end up with the Cubs would be Morris, Kwan, and uh, Tenya. I don't think the Indians have any interest in trading Cody Morris. Like, 
Cody Morris is this team needs bullpen help. Cody Morris, worst case, is probably one of their top five relievers next year. Like that's that's his worst case going into next year. What he has shown, he's ready to tune in and help in the pen. And I mean, I still I think he could be a starter. Uh, he absolutely could be. I don't think he is anywhere near close. I, like I said, I think he's a top ten prospect in the system right now, and that is a hot take. I will stand by. So I think, just looking at this list, I think Moss is out. I honestly think you will see him removed, and I think Nelson is out as well. Uh, and I think Young is out. So you're saying that's three names. I think Chang survives. I think Ramirez might survive a bit longer. Allen is a lefty. Garza is just kind of filler, you know, for now. Uh, it, going through that. And this also leaves those guys as... Hey, they signed someone in free agency. Maybe it happens. They make a trade and they need to consolidate. It gives them some easier players to try to get through. Uh, so after having protected you know, the two obvious targets, that leaves them with uh, one more open spot. And I think that is where they protect Steve Kwan. I do think they end up protecting him as another up-the-middle talent. I think when you view him versus Pilkington, I think there's a better chance he can pass a Pilkington through. Then Quan, I know Quan's undersized. I know there's all the other issues, but he can play center. And I think there's a lot of value in that. I think Kai A. Tom, on the other side of things, there was a lot of debate if he could actually play center or not. And I think that uh, for the Indians, that Quan is viewed as someone who can stick at that position. So I think he gets through, and I think they end up protecting seven. We'll see if I'm right or wrong, but my projection right now is seven players protected. We'll have Moss, Nelson, and Young all come off tomorrow. Uh, in terms of what they add, let me just do a quick breakdown. Well, we'll do the final breakdown after another quick talk about our fantastic sponsor, Bet Online. Let's let's throw out the ad copy today. Let's not even go to and read that. Let's go look at Bet Online. Let's see what's happening over on the site. And when you go to BetOnline.ag, make sure to use the promo code Locked On to get your five zero fifty percent welcome bonus. Uh, there's a lot of bonuses. But do us a solid. You're going to get 50%, uh, depending on the one you use. Use the Locked On one. Help out the network. Help everyone. Sports, live betting, casino, race book, poker, esports, contents, and promos right now. Bad beat jackpot. Uh, when you win big, when you lose big, play online or download the poker app. Available on everything. How about uh, 100 per, uh, Sunday Majors, Nightly Monsters, 1 Million Windfall, Progressive Bounties, Rebuy Frenzy, Operation Omaha, Phase Tournaments, Windfall Tournaments, Tournament Requests. That's just in poker. Think about all the other things. Casino games. What casino games can you play over at Bet Online? Multi-hand blackjack, roulette, craps, stampede, grand luck, sea treasures is new. Uh, Buffalo Bounty is an exclusive. All sorts of things. Go check them out for yourself. Kino at uh, betonline.ag, our official sports sponsor for anything of the like. So with our final listing here, we have Rocchio, Palacios, Morris, Valera, Freeman, Lavastida, and Quan. Six bats, one pitcher. Uh, that might seem unusual, especially because we have them removing three more pitchers from the roster. And they already removed Cam Hill and Nick Wickren. So they removed five pitchers, uh, plus the two free agents, so seven pitchers off and um, one bat in Roberto Perez. So we have them really kind of flipping the script if it played out this way. Rocchio, Palacios, and 
or up the middle guys as as is Freeman in terms of infield. Valera, Quan. Do Valera's probably going to move off center, but they've both been up the middle outfield. And Levesti is up the middle as a catcher. You got Morris, who has been a starter, but could help the team next year as a reliever. And, I mean, it's it's a talented group, and it's easy to see. And I'm going to be waiting. That's the thing. I'm going to, like, wake up tomorrow and check and see. I know nothing probably will happen in the overnight. Uh, 6 p.m. tomorrow has to be all done by them, by then. And if you're like, well, what happens if that player isn't added? Uh then they're exposed. You can't add anyone later. What happens if you make a trade? Well, you're out of luck. That's why kind of all movement stops uh, in terms of the the players. Yes, if you, you can add someone, but you can't add one of these. Like, you could add a free agent, and you have to shuffle your roster. But you can't go and add a guy from your minor leagues anymore. You can't all of a sudden, like the day before the draft, be like, oh, I'm hearing that this team's going to take Jose Tenyo. We're going to add him. You're done. You're done adding guys from your minors after 6 p.m. tomorrow. It is frozen in that regard. Uh, who are the guys, then, who I project to be at risk? I do not predict Johnsky Noel to be at risk. I know people are like, oh, look what he did. Look at what he did. And he absolutely crushed the ball. Like, there is no doubt. He had a fantastic year. He is a first baseman. He is not a good defender at third. He's a first baseman in the lower minors. Those never get selected. He is not ready to play. If you put him in the big leagues, he would be so overwhelmed. It would be a disaster. Uh, That can occasionally happen with catchers because you can bury them. And it can happen with infielders or outfielders. It does not happen with first basemen. It just, there's no way. Uh, I can't see him. It would be a shock if he is selected. And remember, I'm the one who was the person standing back there saying, Santander is probably going to get taken. I was the guy. I was it. I was the only one saying, I think he's going to get selected. I think there is an easy way to get him through. Like I have been that person sitting there alone making statements on the draft for a while now. If you listen to this podcast, you know, I go deep. This is not just some little thing. I mean, my one of my first articles at Indians Baseball Insider back in the day, 2000, maybe 2008, uh, was on... Uh, you know, the Rule 5 draft and just the, the history, breaking it down position by position and the Indians' own history with it. And I used to run that piece yearly for the better part of a decade. So this is not like just a little minor hobby. I, I put the time in. I And like I said, I would be shocked if, if Johnsky Noel is taken uh, on the same side of things. I'd be shocked if Joey Cantillo isn't taken. This is a guy who, in when San Diego was considered to have the best minors in baseball, was a 11th, 12th best prospect in that system. Uh, he's always had great control numbers. He had some injury issues, but he came back. He looked good. He's it's easy to stash lefties. They're hard to find. Uh, he had all the right... Like I said, I thought he was the number two piece in the Clevenger deal when that deal happened. He had all the right uh, peripheral numbers to make you think of a potential breakout. I think he is gone. And I think Jose Tenia, after what he has done in the AFL, likely gets taken. Now, I'm still going to bet... Tenya is no longer an Indian before 6 o'clock tomorrow. I still think we see some kind of trade. And the other thing, you know, I've talked about before, and I think there's a world, too, where they find a team that has a competitive balance draft pick that they're willing to move, and they trade prospects for draft picks. Uh, They load up on what is going to be another very strong class, a very deep class, 
and that allows them to push everything back a few years while also continuing to build to the future. Uh, the Cubs don't have a competitive balance pick, and the one knock is, like, if you trade Tenya for Hap, it feels almost like an overpay, uh, but then it also doesn't actually, it makes your 40-man situation worse. Uh, yeah, I could also see them flipping Mercado. I can't see Baltimore trading a comp competitive balance pick. I, I can't. They they do so much at the draft that doesn't make sense there. But when we look at who has those picks, the Marlins, they might. I mean, especially because they're going to have a, a B-round pick. It's like they need outfield help, and they're willing to trade pitching for outfield help. I bet they would trade a comp B pick for someone like Mercado to come in and, and handle center field for them as a team, or Zimmer, someone they could try out there. In terms of the rest of the picks, I don't see the tie. I mean, the, I don't just don't see the Tigers and Indians making a trade. The Brewers, I could absolutely see them making a trade. Uh, in terms of their needs, they, you know, they're gonna Avisel Garcia obviously opted out. They already had some offensive issues. We've talked about before. They made the minor trade for Mike Brucey. Brucey, uh, I don't maybe an outfielder, but it's it's a little bit harder to see a path. But I could also see them trading their comp B pick for something like Steve Kwan. I could see them making that trade for someone like uh, Jose Tenya. I mean, they don't have a good minor leagues with the Brewers. They're very top-heavy. There's not much depth. It makes sense. I don't see the Rays doing it. I don't see the Reds doing it. I don't see the Twins doing it. Uh, the Pirates, I can't see, or the Orioles, especially because those would be comp A picks. The Royals seems hard. D-backs, unlikely. Rockies, unlikely. unlikely. Potentially the Cardinals, and then potentially um, the Padres, because the Padres are going to be all in. Padres do need outfield help. I don't know if you could convince them that Bradley Zimmer is the savior, but I, I could see something like that potentially happening. So keep that in mind as we look forward. Uh, I will, if anything breaks, I will do a Locked On Now, and I will do a Saturday podcast because uh, we didn't do one on Monday, which is part of my thought of not doing one on Monday as a chance to break in and do a maybe a shorter pod or something like that that uh, allows us to talk about any trades that occur. But if nothing else, you'll see a Locked On Now for that. So make sure to tune in and check that out. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked On Needs Podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. It really helps our now top 100 baseball podcast grow. Thank you to all you fans for getting us there. And as we say now, go, go, Guardians, go.